Hey everybody, it's Tri Unicorn, and I am here with a very special guest. This is Kathy Kay from the Strictly Anonymous podcast. She is here to be interviewed by me instead of taking all the interviews of interesting stories from everybody else on her podcast. So yeah. today is going to be a bit of a role reversal and, and what we like to call that in the kink world is like a switch, <laughs> uh, somebody who can do both sides. So I'm going to introduce you to Kathy for a few minutes, and then I'm just going to get going with some pretty intrusive questions. Well, thank you for having me. I think I've had you on my show twice, right? I'm sure you'll mm -hmm. be back. And now you have your own podcast, which I think is like super exciting. So this is good for you. Are you going to air this on your podcast too? I am. Oh, okay, great. So um, yeah, I mean, I really am doing this, which I don't go on a lot of shows because I always feel like, oh, you know, what am I going to talk about? Because I'm so used to hearing such salacious things from people yeah. that I'm like, when I talk about my shit, it's really not that's salacious though I did do my 500th episode where I copped to like kind of everything I ever did but it's so vanilla compared to you know what I'm on the receiving end of my show gotcha. so you gotcha. know I hope I don't disappoint you with my stories well what's really interesting is I did listen to that uh, episode the 500th episode to get a good idea of you and yeah. uh, I've got I made some notes of things I'd like to drill into just some some good topics yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the most important questions that I actually wanted to get from you, because just so anyone who may not be familiar, you have a, a call-in show. It's not a video. So if people call in and you can even change their voice and they just tell you their deepest, darkest secrets. And it's a friendly, non-judgmental conversation and you air it. And these people remain anonymous. Is that Me right? Too. I'm obviously anonymous too. This is not like a problem with my camera. <laughs> yeah, everybody's anonymous. I don't change my voice, but I change, by the way, I change across the board everyone's voice. Unless, unless it's someone like you who's coming on my show and they're really their faces, who they are, and they're like a public yeah. person. But yeah, everybody's anonymous, including me. So they can feel safe calling in from you know a block number yeah. and confessing to you, almost like you're a priest, but in in almost like a non-judgmental way. And then you sharing these stories with other people gives insight to these other people into the secret lives of others. And that's valuable in, in tremendous amount of ways, as I'm sure you know. But one of the biggest questions I have for you, as somebody who has done this for, I think, over seven years now, right? Mm-hmm. What have you learned about humanity? What have you learned about people based hmm. on what you've seen and heard? You know, that's a great question, but I just feel like, listen, the reason why I do my show and the reason why people tell me things about themselves is because I am truly interested in what people have to say. If you went to a party tomorrow with me, you would find me in the corner. Whoever I sit next to, I get their whole fucking life story because I am always learning about humanity do you know what I mean like that's what I love and I, I I mean I see big shifts that are going on I mean typically on my show because I am talking to people w that have secrets a lot of the times and have been living a double life I'm talking to a certain generation I don't it's not so young it's not so much the younger people it's the older people so it's sort of like looking at humanity at a, a certain place in time but it's ever-changing so I feel like I'm always learning so much on my show um and what i like is like smaller picture thing like i just like to hear real people stories because i think real life is messy and i just and i'm a realist and i just don't think a lot of people like to show that things and so a lot of people are like miserable about their own lives because they think oh my god i'm like fucking what but I, what i want to show is like everybody is like that's what life is about and 
I feel like that is going to be the constant and is how it always is supposed to be. And I, that's what I love. Does that make sense? Did I answer your question? Yeah, it, it does. I think, I think the more scandalous side of me is, is curious about, did it change whether or not you think that people like, is it impossible for people not to cheat? Cause I think there's a lot of people who confess oh. to cheating, things like that. Yeah, get specific like that. Is it, uh-huh. you know, listen, I've always thought that I like as a woman, you know, um, who has been with a lot of men who has a lot of guy friends that, and I, I, I just have this, I always felt like I knew that guys needed a lot of variety, just mm-hmm. nature, you know, a man as a nature, as an animal, his job is to like variety. It's what he's here for. So I feel like I always had a very realistic view of like, how could you expect someone to be monogamous, you know? And I always hear these stories. So I always felt like as a woman, I wish we were raised in a society where we weren't taught that, you know, we're supposed to meet our Prince Charming and wind up in a monogamous relationship. If we all grew up in a society where we, it was never the way it's supposed to be, we would all be fucking fine. And I'll go even deeper to say that I think that it's it, it stays in place the way that it is because in a weird way it really keeps women down and keeps them against each other as opposed to yeah. on each other's side. You know, women men are so bro code with each other, like they fucking have each other's back. But women are always like a little bit like you know on the defense of other women because yeah. it's all about like keeping their guy and are you fucking my guy and like all that kind of stuff. To me, yeah. is not good for women on so many levels that I wish it just didn't exist. But I think, you know, until we change, and I think it's changing now, the whole thing about monogamy and that being the top of the mountain and the end goal, you know, it's going to, people are going to cheat because shit happens. Yeah. It, it, for me, it used to be the day when, when someone said, I'm not monogamous. I'm like, really? You're not monogamous. But now when someone's monogamous, I'm like, really? You're monogamous. <laughs> Listen, but some people can, are monogamous by nature. Okay. I also, I also think some people are monogamous because they're culturally conditioned to be, and they don't know that. Yeah. And listen, and, but ignorance is bliss. If they're fine and they're happy, that's one thing. But if they're calling into my show because they're Googling porn and they're jerking off so much, they never want to have sex with their wife and there's a disconnect and they're lacking intimacy in the relationship, even if they're not cheating, then that's a problem. Yes. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that I get a lot of the time. Wow. So you are really like everybody's secret diary. Like, you yeah. know, they really tell you all their secrets. Um, I, so I touched on your 500 uh, episode and I, uh, and I have a few things. So first of all, me and you are going to have to go uh, toe to toe on a topic, but I'm not going to go very long because it could cancel yeah. my show. So uh, you say who doesn't swallow? Like who, who why don't you just swallow? Yeah. I cannot swallow. Like, okay, but this is, okay, so then what the fuck do you do? I feel like I never get that. Yeah. Okay, so, so walk me through a blowjob. You're blowing a guy, right? And he's about to come. You just stop and like jerk him off and let it go on your tits or your face or something like that. So I actually prefer for men to come in the condom while they're having sex with me. So the, the cum shot for me at a blowjob is not the end goal. The blowjob is the appetizer to the entree. Oh, okay. So you, you're, but okay. But say, let's go into like, say you have a boyfriend. Okay. Yes. Not just, just in the regular world where you're dating a guy or you have a booty call guy and he just wants a fucking blowjob. Okay. But this is what I want to know when you're giving that blowjob to a guy, just a one-off, like a guy just wants a fucking blowjob. Yeah. What do you do if you're not going to give up? There's no time for sex. You know what I mean? You got to go out. You're on it's your way. It's not out. going anywhere above here. So <laughs> it can go here. 
Yeah. I can make it erotic. It's not like I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, give it to me, give it to me, you know, but like, give it to me down here, not up here. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think that um, I'm just pretty, uh, I can't, like, I can't, I'll, I'll throw up. And like, I, I think even if I don't throw up, I'll gag because it's the aliveness of things in my mouth that <laughs> I can't get over. And so even if it's calm or, or even if it's like probiotic yogurt in some ways, you know, I'm like, ah, I just really can't do this. So it's a texture thing. But in a way, it's also why I love being a swinger because every guy I ever date or, or in the future, whatever is going to take, is going to, a lot of girls are going to swallow his cum, you know? Just yeah, no, you're me. right. In your world, that's why I was like, no, we're talking about two different worlds. That's the thing, right? Yes. The disconnect. That's why I'm like, oh, I never really had the option for anything else. Sometimes in the vanilla world, it's just a blowjob. But in your world, yeah. you know, there's ne- it's never just a blowjob. I mean, it's, it's a free-for-all. Everyone's kind of naked and they could just go fuck someone else, right? And, and even blowjobs do exist, but you're right. It, there's the tits. There's always usually the tits. I think uh, there's no other option unless I'm turned around. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would still make it fun. Um, but yeah, so that was something. I have always swallowed. I I don't, and, and I don't, I mean, but I guess like if you do have a texture thing, that could be a problem. But I would always make jokes. Like, I mean, you could really tell by the taste of jizz whether somebody like does drugs you know a lot of stuff is in there like you could taste it like the chemicals if they take drugs or they have a, on a lot of medication or they're fucking oh, you're like pain. a connoisseur man of totally you could you you could tell i once had a boyfriend that was snorting heroin i didn't know i didn't find out till a year after we dated that he was snorting heroin the whole time we were dating and i remember once giving him head and uh swallowing his cum and immediately throwing up and that was because I just did heroin like it's it really is concentrating in there so I think in a weird way you know it's better not to be swallowing a lot of cum because you don't know what the fuck is in there if someone's doing drugs it's not clean it's in there it for 100 percent but one of the first videos, advice videos I ever did on my page um which I got some grief from men on which I understand but I I still stand behind it is called taking cum in the mouth is a choice. That's right. the title of it. Yeah. I didn't know that just like my friends until I was in my thirties. So you felt like you, oh, so you swallowed. I, you I you spit, had- I spit instead. Like I, but it was like, that's no, 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 like, that's no, no, it's so funny. That's the, that's the visual I want. So, <laughs> blowing the guy, right? And then he comes around and he's like, oh, <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. that's what, that's what I think will happen. That to me is what was so hilarious. Just fucking swallow. <laughs> I like, I really doubt I'll take one ever again in, in, in the mouth, to be honest. It really is the, the, reason I would shy away from a blowjob if, if it was still a part of it. So for me, once I cut that out, I started enjoying blowjobs a lot more. So right. yeah, yeah but being a 100% of choice, like if yeah. you want to, and I, but I think what, what I think is important though, in that scenario, if you're a girl that you want that, like you said, oh, but I make it hot, like make it hot. Mm-hmm. Because if you're like, oh, I'm going to Imagine a guy is down there going down on you and you're like really getting really wet. And he's like, oh, I got a fucking spit. Like how, how turned off are you going to be? Like, turn right? it off. It's turn best it off. to just gracefully exit. You know? you no, know, you pretend that you fucking like it. I okay? can't pretend. I don't, pre- I wouldn't pretend for any man. I don't think anymore. No, I, okay. yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Another thing is you said that you are into a bit of the cuck and tease and denial stuff. Oh, and really? I'm actually a bit curious because I don't have a lot of experience in tease and denial and cucking. I have a bit, but this is a fascinating area of cucking. It's growing in comfort um, from in the community I'm in because people used to see it as something that like was like embarrassing or like uh, an humiliating situation for, for one of the participants usually the husband or whatever, right? But it yeah. really can be just part of the architecture of the scene to have those two people have that great hot sex and the other one be in the chair beside them. It could be the desired scene. Yes. Totally. Our yeah. Being a voyeur, there's so much that goes into it. And I always, on my calls, I, I always have the conversations because everyone has a different definition of what a cuck is. And sometimes I use it broader right? I'll be like a cup, but that person's like, but I'm not into being humiliated, which a lot of the people that I talk to, that's not a part of it. The truest cuck, it that is a part of it, right? For me, when I say I would probably be a cup queen, which is something I learned recently. And I learned that this was something that I was kind of into through doing my show and hearing people talk about it. I kind of put it together and I was like, oh my God, that's why I used to say that. And I think that, and then when I really started thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of hot. And I'm like, I think I have that. Right. And then oh. it's, but it's not the humiliation aspect. I think it's just like the voyeur kind of a thing and the sharing and the triangulation of it all. And the taking back of like, you know, maybe that, cause a lot of it, sometimes I've heard people say, and what was really fascinating to me on my show is like that person that was like, oh, I was so jealous you know, but I was able to turn that jealousy into like a sexual sort of feeling, you know, it's like taking that yeah. energy and sending it someplace else. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, that is like taking the fucking power back. I was always a very super jealous person, but, but then I realized maybe it's because I w wanted to be there. I wanted to see it. Like if I could change it into that, that's fucking hot. And once I started to look at it that way, I started to realize like, that's what I would be into now I have not been in a relationship since my son has been born like I've had a booty call relationship but not someone I've been in love with yeah. you know how will that play out when I actually am in love and do it I would like to try and I say like that's how I would maybe set up my future relationship I just I don't know yet I'll talk about it on my show once it happens but I would I I strive to do that and I feel like that would be a turn on for me can you describe cucking in your broad definition Cucking to me is when you see your, when you get off on seeing your partner, fuck somebody else. Good. Be video, be there, not be there. It's just the thought of the actual act of that kind of a thing. Perfect. I mean, between me and you, I had a guy friend of mine who I was banging send me a video of him fucking somebody else. And it was because he felt like it looked like me from behind. You know, but I was like so interested in the video because it was him with somebody else. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that really made me realize like, oh, that's hot. But like I said, was I in love with that guy? No. Will I be able to do that with someone that I love? That's my goal. Yeah. I had this conversation last night at the club with somebody, but I said, uh, I have to be excited about what I'm doing. And when I am with a man and I am sharing that man with a woman that we've mutually picked up. Yeah. I'm incredibly aroused by that situation. It's yeah. not like I'm jealous because I'm there. I'm part of it. Even if I'm not currently being penetrated, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I'm part of this whole thing. And I think for me, that was it. I had so much fun. I didn't, I don't think I've ever had a negative feeling so far in a threesome or anything like that. But again, I'm also kind of a unicorn. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like to say like I'm like the candy that doesn't have to go to the dentist kind of thing. Like I, I can, <laughs> you know, kind of go in and be in fun few nights. But um, but you're right. When it's somebody you love, I just I still think I would get the same joy. I do as long as they didn't cheat on me outside of those lines. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, those, that, those kinds of callers always blow my mind when they have this partner that allows them, but they're still cheating. Like, oh my I God, you have so much dysfunction there. But I do believe yeah. that I w- would be able to do that. I don't think I would ever go into a relationship, you know, expecting it to be completely monogamous. So I am monogamous. I don't have the desire for variety okay and that's not just because i'm a woman because i talk to plenty of women that want that just me as an animal i like one person you know i don't need the variety i need the variety in like the fantasy and the act and what we're doing and stuff but i like the same person even with my booty calls i'd have like the same person i bang for years just because i didn't want different people all the time but i think it would add to that and the variety sometimes for some people even if they're monogamous by nature is maybe that cooking and seeing their partner with someone else or having that kind of stuff add to their relationship. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's interesting that you get to learn a little bit about yourself from your callers, right? When you start to find things that almost like tickle your soul and you're like, Oh, Oh, what is that? Yeah. yeah is I, there- never, I mean, that came over time because I'm going to tell you, I didn't start hearing a lot about the cucking stuff until later it always came in waves like in the beginning it was a lot of certain things and then when I have something on like the first cup queen I have on and then boom you know ever since then I just get emails all the time from cup queens because people find that content and they're like me too kind of thing so the guy wanting it was first the guys wanting to see their partners with somebody else that was something that I was like whoa and then just the more I listened to people I would put things together I would never use the term I'm into tease and denial until somebody called in and talked to me about it. I'm like, oh, that's why I've dry humped in my 40s. And that's why I've like, you know, been like, no, let's only like, we can't do anything and created weird boundaries just so I could have like hot, no touching anything kind of sexual, crazy experiences, you know? It's, I, like I said, I would have never labeled it that way until I heard people put it to terms. I think I spoke on my uh, 500 episode about halfway in guy, you know, the guy yeah. who'd only put his dick in halfway and sit there. That was a total tease and denial thing. I didn't realize, but I fucking love that kind of stuff. Because I think the addict in me, like if I like something, I never want it to end, you know? So drawing it out and not getting to the end and staying in that place where it's so fucking good. Like I like that to last a long time. And because I'm not multi-orgasmic, I think tease and denial works for me because it just stretches out the act and you could keep yourself in the height of like just it's like really amazing you know and I've done that in ridiculous things and people have been like how could you dry hump and how could you play the halfway end game and it's like yeah duh it's called tease and denial now I know the word for it and some people like use it as a kink and it's actually very hot yeah something I have learned about you know being in this lifestyle for myself specifically is learning that I, I I know it sounds but sounds a little bad but cock teasing now I want to preface this by saying I'm ethical okay I didn't used to be as ethical I used to get a kick out of when I was in my 20s hitting on men you know and make you know whatever uh poker tables they were really effective but um but now I like I found a way to have certain friends in my life that I'm allowed to tease and they're not allowed to fuck me for their own reasons not because I'm and so I'm like I'm innocently allowed to cock tease people. I was like, 
wait a second, this is kind of everything I kind of wanted, <laughs> you know, is like to be like, but it turns you on kind of, but like not necessarily turns me on towards him, turns me on in, in life to be almost like that stripper. I never could be, you know, where I can yeah. think I want to fuck them, but I slip out the back at the end of the night, you know, like, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to do, but like, yeah. So in a way I'm like, I'm trying to get enjoyment out of that. Yeah, that's every guy's worst fear. Every guy thinks that every woman's doing that on purpose all the time. You know, <laughs> it's true, and I don't do it to yeah. people anymore. Like I said, but no, when I you have a situation, right yeah. yeah. Well, it's like a, it's a consensual thing where he's probably attracted to me. We don't really talk about it that much, but uh, you know, girls can know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and he's just not allowed to fuck me. And then so I mentioned before about how I'm ethical. So as a unicorn in the lifestyle. I'm ethical. If there's someone who's married and not having an open relationship, I'm not going to be in that dynamic in any way. Um, I just don't need to be involved in any situation where people get hurt. So that's the situation. So I'm just, I'm still allowed to like wear my outfits and like, you know, be myself and just know he's not allowed to fuck me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's flirting. But I mean, when you take it a step further and do that, because to me, that could be, if you're actually with a guy one-on-one I mean that could be a little bit of tease and denial if you take it a little step further and you know really create those boundaries but you and you're only allowed to take it to a certain place and it really for the both people it could be really hot yeah well even I'm still learning from you right tease and denial I just I never really (laughs) resonated before but I was like wait I kind yeah, of, I'm, I'm like, I'm calling it cock tease. You're calling it tease and denial. Yeah, I'm like, are they the same thing? <laughs> you could take that thing. It's about creating these weird boundaries or saying like, like I had this one guy and it was all dysfunctional. It was kind of like, I was so attractive. We had amazing chemistry, but we, we were not right for each other. We, but we couldn't keep our hands off of each other. So I'm like, we, I got to the point where I made all these rules. Like you can't touch me. You can't kiss me, but I'd go over his house and we wind up like uh, with all our clothes on as adults okay just on top of each other with your breath on the face and the butt and not able to kiss or touch and cock teasing like you say oh. to, 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 as far as you could take it without anything happening so you're still at that line but uh-huh. it could be a really hot scenario I'm telling you I'm telling you yes yeah um okay so you have uh, a lot of episodes you've had a lot of calls and you have mentioned a few times about which ones are more popular so if you could categorize from in terms of viewership what are people watching in terms of confessions what would you have say you've learned there gangbang okay girls girls gangbang girls <laughs> girls gangbang girl hot wife hot wife and gangbangs with okay with, with women you know our cup queen just listen i try now you know I've been doing my show over seven years. I just started monetizing it maybe like a year and a half ago. And then once I did, I had to like take no, I took notice of stuff like that. Cause you're like, okay, this stuff does better. I got to do more of this. You know, it's a business at the end of the day. So I started to really put a call out for more women. Cause it used to be all guys that have a woman every now and then. Now I get tons of emails from women coming on and my women episodes do effing great not like a woman cheating cheating is like the mm. lowest just interesting so you know. yeah yeah very interesting nobody likes a cheater and they don't even want to listen to it they're not as highly downloaded what's the most downloaded is like girls that are into gangbang threesomes orgies anything people mm-hmm. want to know especially men who are listening to my show that women like you exist women that women like sex as much yeah. as they do they want to know that and they want to hear from women yeah. that talk about that openly and they do on my show so you know, that, and the extreme stuff is of course going to always be great. Well, what's really fascinating is I'm going to bring this back to a point you made earlier. And that I noticed even just last night when I was at the club and uh, it was a really wonderful night, 
but we noticed that in this lifestyle, women are not threats to other women because we're allowed to share. And so just like you said, exactly. you wish women didn't act so threatened by other women. We literally have this guy we call the goddess maker and he's just, mm-hmm. we've seen him have sex a few times and everyone was like kind of getting in line and myself included. Like I'm like, you know, I'll put my, pick my number. Um, <laughs> and so it's one of those things where, you know, I, him and one of my other friends were hooking up the other day in front of me, but I was like, it did not bother me at all. Cause I knew like, I'll just get my time next time. Like, it's like not when, when were women ever that? Okay. You know, never. And I used to be a jealous girl too. So I think it's yeah. really interesting that the lifestyle can soften that. And in a way we can all exist, men and women and trans and everyone in a place where sex is not used as a weapon against people. It's used as a hedonistic part of our lifestyle. Yeah. Really. And women aren't pitted against each other. You yes. know, I remember I had a guy that I was really into and this is very honest to me because it shows what a jealous bitch I was. And he was, um, he did a lot of business, you know, he was always on a plane traveling all over the world and he did a lot of business in Russia, you know, and those women are like 10.5, every single one of them is like a fucking 12 on a scale. And I'd be on the roof of my pool. I had a, a pool on my roof and I'd be hanging out there. There was two Russian girls that lived in my building sitting there and I would hate them. I hated them so much because they were like what my guy liked, you know, where I would never feel that way. Nor Now I'm not with that guy anymore. Like, I don't care. I see a beautiful Russian girl. I think, oh my God, she's like fucking beautiful. But that time of my life, because I was so jealous that he was fucking hot yeah. Russian girls. I hated every Russian girl. That has nothing to do with them. That book that pits me against them. And that's terrible for women. You know, and that was strictly because I thought this is who my guy fucking wants, if not me. Whereas if like I was, he was able to fuck up girls, I wouldn't care. And that's what I think, that's what I think uh, is bad for women because, and I just don't think guys have that with each other. I don't, well, in the sex club, they're not the ones that seem, you know, changed by the, the by the lifestyle environment. It's the women, <laughs> the women yeah, are the yeah, ones yeah. that are so, like, yeah. yeah. I can and like, imagine. We don't cock block either there. Yeah. So at a normal club, if my friend is about to get cornered on the way to the bathroom by some guy and I'm going to be left alone, that's a threatening situation. I got to go get my friend back. But in a club, I'm like, oh, good. Is she going to get laid? All right. Well, I'll wait for her. Like the whole point is to let everyone go and have their own experiences. And so it's just really, it's marvelous that what happens in this lifestyle and how people can actually be almost tr- like changed. And, and in my yeah. opinion, deprogrammed, de- decultural you know, indoctrinated, whatever you want to call it, um, about monogamy. And this is one thing I'll say about that. It's funny how we all just kind of laughed off the fact that we, you know, we were all lied to about Santa Claus, but then we hold firm for Prince Charming. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, but there was somebody that had posted a wedding at some point on Facebook or whatever it was, and like a they were like in a horse and buggy. And mm-hmm. I am like, how are people watching this? Like you were in a fucking horse and buggy, like you're the queen. Like you were in America, in the middle of a, like a cement road and you're on a horse, but you're not a princess. How do people believe this? I'm like not sort of wired that way. I don't have that romantic bone in my body. I always say like if a guy, if I went over to his house and he put rose petals to a bathtub, I'd fucking laugh. I would not be horny. I'd be so dried up. I, I would just, I'm not into that kind of stuff. So I don't get it. I never wanted to get married when I was little. I just, I'm a, like a little bit too much like a realist and it's okay. I'm not saying it's so bad, but it's like a little bit unrealistic. Yeah. Well, when I, you realist, like I like laugh at people who think about when they think about, are we going to get married? And I was like, okay, so you're asking if I'm going to legally contract myself to somebody to hold a promise no one has ever held before. (laughs) 
I just don't see the re- the need for that. Like really, like if statistics are really not pointing to a positive outcome. So I, I just think it would be, I almost just like a monogamy question where we said it's almost becoming more mainstream to be non-monogamous. I'm suddenly wondering, like, you you do want to get married? Like, I'm like, I really have transitioned so far to the to living outside whatever the you know government structures, whatever were. You just live however you want to live. You don't have to get married. You don't have to like have a divorce lawyer. I'll never need a divorce lawyer. Amazing. But I have to say, the other thing that I have found on my show is I do talk to a lot of people that are happily married. As many mm. people that I talk to, like I always say, I love a swingers gone wrong story, or I like cheating stories because I think it's the truth and people could learn from those episodes too. And they're all very different. But I have had a lot of couples that have been together since the dawn of time. And then after many years, opened up the relationship or are living their best lives, mm. you know? Uh, it, it can work and it does work. And I like to show that it's like, it's never so black and white, you know, there's different things to aspire to, but it all exists. Like, I do believe some people are monogamous. I do believe sometimes marriages can last. A lot of them don't though. Yeah. And that's what you have to say, like, why, why, it's like spitting a square peg into a round hole, you know, a lot of them, yeah. but then you find the ones that are great. And they just, you know, and those are the ones that are more successful at opening up a relationship or having that kind of non-monogamous thing, you know? So, I mean, I would like to be in a, a long-term relationship just to be able to say I did it because for me, it's very easy to be alone. It's very hard for me to be in a relationship and that yeah. I like a challenge and I like to do things that are hard. So that's why I'd want to do it one day in my life to say, I, I did it. I was able to do that yeah. <laughs> because I love being alone. That's easy for me, but you know, relationship people, it's the opposite there. It's very hard for them to be alone and it's very easy for them to be in a relationship. Everyone's kind of different. Yes, it's true. And I've gotten very comfortable being alone too, to the point where somebody has to add value to my, in my space. Yeah. That is better than when I'm alone. Otherwise yeah. I would choose to be alone. <laughs> yeah, if you like being alone, like look at your little kitty in the background. I used to have a cat and I was happy. Now I actually have a fucking son. And if you think like if I was happy alone with a cat, I mean, now it's like fucking bliss because I'm a child. So it's hard. Like you said, it has to be someone that really is additive to your life or creates that kind of great companionship because if not, but I think what the opposite is true for people that are always in relationships for them being alone is so torturous that they are willing and able and able to put up with the troubles of having someone always in their fucking face, you know, because the opposite of that is something that would be harder for them. Whereas for us, it's the opposite, harder to be with someone than to be alone. So that's always what it's going to be. And I just think we're all kind of different. Me and you are wired more the same. Yes. Not only are we wired, we're wired very similar in other ways too. So I'm going to just wrap off a few that I found to be interesting correlations. Yeah. So you were a badass in school. So was I. You said you got kicked (laughs) out a few times. You too? Um, I didn't get kicked out, but I had the record for most female suspensions and I still hold it at a badge of honor for that. Yeah. Um, I, I was, was so I remember being on the bus when I was like in ninth grade and all these, like all the like tough girls, seniors walk up to me and they stand right in front of me. I'm like, what the fuck are they going to say? And they're like, so you're the infamous so-and-so that we hear every day on the loudspeaker. Cause every day on the loudspeaker was like, blah, blah, blah. Come down. Yeah. To the <laughs> I have suspension every single fucking day. <laughs> That's so funny. I even like carved my name in the wooden bench in detention. So like I, every time I'd like add a little bit more to the curvature. Yeah, but um, you know what Barbara Park- Parkman would say, you know, she's on Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. She mm-hmm. would say that, you know, people who didn't do well in school 
yeah. make the best entrepreneurs because they're not followers. You yeah. know, it's not so great to be a follower, you know? And so, and people who are true leaders, it's very difficult to be in school because you're just always being told what to do. You can't really think for yourself. So in a weird way, it does say something positive about our personalities. It's true. And then you also read things back to front. So uh, yes, magazines, I start at the back and flip this way. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It says something about our brains or something, right? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. But and then I just found that then we have careers where we help people. We talk about sex really bluntly and openly. And it's just funny, the other commonalities that I weave throughout. Right. And yeah. It, and more that we probably haven't even uncovered yet. But it's just fascinating how the rebels from our, you know, younger years turned into be rebels of you know, cultural conditioning, frankly. Yeah, it's you interesting know? because I was thinking the other day, I always talk about this documentary that I watched many, many years ago, which was like, oh, I want to be a swinger one day. It was called The Lifestyle. It was when I was dating this one guy and he, and I love documentaries before people watch documentaries. I was always watching them. This is like 20 years ago. There was a lifestyle uh, documentary called The Lifestyle. My boyfriend called me up, you want to watch this? And I was like obsessed with it. And they kind of, it was like a documentary where they took like three or four different couples and they watched them swing, you know, and they were all swingers for a whole year. And each couple was at a different point in their relationship. You know, they were all very different. Some were just starting out swinging, some or just starting out dating and started swinging. Some were like double digit years, you know, and then they saw, you saw sort of the progression. You learned all about their swinging life. And then you found out where they were after that year was done that they, you know, documented it. And uh, it was so fascinating to me. And I remember thinking like, that's, the top of the mountain to me spiritually as a spiritual mm. person I really am as jealous as I could have been in my whole life I was never sort of possessive I have this belief that we don't really own anyone you know not even my son he is his own person with his own brain and his own life I am just here to help him with his life that kind of stuff is very important to me so and I believe that in relationships so I always felt like people couples that could get to the place where they are so in love with each other you know and so like you know that they could let go of that to me that's top of the yeah. mountain that's yeah. the evolution of being like a very sort of evolved person not in a dysfunctional way you know like some people are doing but in the healthiest way where it is like it doesn't mean anything it's just we don't have to own that part of ourselves and let's just go out and do it together you know and I remember and I just thought to myself the other day I'm like it's so interesting that I was obsessed with this documentary would I have any idea that so many years later I would have a show where this is I'm talking to these people yeah. these people that I was like so kind of like watching like oh I wish I could be like them you know um so it's kind of fascinating I my show started by accident I didn't start out to do a show about sex it just happened by accident so it is kind of interesting, though, that it wound up that way, considering I was always open minded and curious about the world and always sort of saw it as a, a positive thing. And I think I mentioned I overheard this at least once in one of your episodes where you said that, you know, maybe when I don't know what age you said, but you, when you're this old, you'll be you'll be a swinger. Yeah, like, you know, 60s. 60s that's what it was yeah, yeah, I, have, I love yeah, to yeah. ask about this because yeah. I find that a very interesting thing to hear so I would love to, to to delve into that yeah I mean I just always felt like why fucking not you know that's the time to to do it I always said like there's different things that I think of I think a lot of people just like do everything right away it's like why not wait for some things you're gonna live a long time that I was like oh that would be something to do like 
when you're like in your 60s because it's so I don't know maybe it's because I'm a contrarian like it's just so contrary to what you would think other people would do I don't know but for me it was always like that would be something I do way later you know and maybe it was because I always knew I wouldn't probably be in a relationship until then anyway (laughs) I because I don't know that I would do it like you I mean I really admire somebody like you that fucking went in there solo for me it would be about being in a not a, a relationship together and doing it together. Gotcha. Gotcha. I see. Wow. I just, I think it's interesting because like your, your, your body is, is as tight as it's going to be now. And, and, oh. and like me too. Right. And so <laughs> I just right. think that if I were to wait till 60, I just might not have the same level of experience. No, you're right. Again, right? Yeah, so, it's so stupid to think, actually. Really. It's just, this is your asset. Unfortunately, it is like your body, your face is an attraction tool. And so um, I'm not saying people in their 60s don't have success. They do. No, um, you're right. But it is one of those things where I'm like, why wait if you're if you're going to be looked at like the most prime piece of rib to a bunch of hungry men? Everyone deserves to feel like that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I gotta get in that relationship now. Yeah. yeah, I think I always said maybe I thought 50s. I don't know. You know, when you're younger, like age is so different. You know, like now 60s, 70s is old for me because I'm in my fit early 50s. It's like maybe when I was younger, I was like, oh, when I'm in my 50s, I'm gonna do it. I don't know, you know. But I always felt like it would be something. I mean, what I took about took from that episode or that documentary. It, I just think it's something that should be done when you're like pretty fucking solid and wherever that is solid in your own skin, like you were, when you fucking took that plunge, you know, you were solid in yourself and it was about doing that for yourself. And to me, it's the same thing with couples when it's done because you're so solid and you want to take your relationship that's already great to an unbelievable level. And I just think I knew at the time when I was younger, I just didn't have that. I was a fucking mess, like for a long time. I wasn't, I was sexually acting out in negative ways. You know, to me, I like people on my show. I, I mean, it's okay. Like I said, life is messy to have people on that are doing it in a negative way, but I really like when there's just only love and light attached, you know, like your girl, yeah. who is on yeah. my show. Yeah. I mean, that's a bitch that like, it's, it's like a, it's like a beautiful story, you know, but it's all SEX, you know, but it's this wonderful, positive thing that she's doing. Whereas sometimes you have somebody that's acting out sexually in a, dark way in a negative way and that's I was in that kind of area when I was younger so I always knew it wouldn't be something positive for me to do then I think you want to do it in in the right way that's a very good point because the people I help to get gangbangs fulfilled they are in a good headspace they're comfortable they're not there to disassociate like for the most part I mean there is something to be said about disassociating and subspace for certain submissives sure yeah but there's people, for the most part, I don't think I would be eager to help somebody who was there because they had a bad day and they just needed to like forget about it for a minute. I'm like, ah, you know. For somebody that was like really high on drugs and couldn't even yes. do the sober, you know, that you know it's maybe acting out. I have a girl that I'm um, posting her episode soon and um, it's really interesting. And, uh, but one of her first stories was being like sex trafficked and like mm-hmm. she had very bad childhood and all this stuff. And then at the end of the conversation, she was telling me like she was thinking of maybe camming. Now I've had a lot of girls on my show that have cammed. I have a lot of women on my show that have OnlyFans that mm-hmm. are prostitutes, everything. But with this girl, I was kind of like, you know, maybe you want to unpack your stuff yeah. before you go do that because you don't want that to be 
coming from a place of like PTSD, which she was having because of all that stuff. Do you know what I mean? There's that's a difference. True. There is a difference. Yeah. And some people always want to put everybody that's doing anything sexual with girls, like it's all dark. It's really not actually. There's some strippers that do it because they love it. Or there's some strippers that do it because they're fucked up and they hate their daddies and they're working it out and they're wasted every night. Yeah. But yeah. there are some that aren't, you know, and I think that's the difference. And I like to show the the lightness and the the positive stuff because I want people to believe that girls can be that way, you know. But when I hear a girl like that where that has a lot of stuff, I'm like, why don't you put a hold on that? I feel like her mom. Like, why don't you put a hold on the camming yeah. until you kind of unpack yourself in therapy and then take charge of your life and do what you want to do. And actually, she just wrote me the other day because I'm like putting her episode up. She didn't wind up doing any of that stuff. I was like, I think that's oh, good. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, on my show, I get to talk to people for a full hour. Yeah. So I really get to, I really get the whole picture and I grow them like Barbara Walters. So I, I really get an understanding of what's going on, which I love. Yeah. What have you learned about women in general that surprised you? That surprised me? What have I learned? I mean, listen, I think all you girls that are out there swinging by yourselves, having gangbangs, girls that like variety, that to me was like, I didn't believe there were women like that. You know oh, what I mean? Like, that's very surprising. And I love those kinds of stories because it's so not me, you know, yeah. but it is women. And like your girl, Roxy, that was like, she, she, all she wanted was variety. I love someone that like that, that creates this whole picture of a woman that I never knew existed you know it's stuff like that to me someone like you who went to swinging alone and and how it really you came into your own that kind of stuff I love and those kinds of women that, and women's stories that I have surprised me because I don't think I even knew those existed I think I was more like everybody else that you would think there's always darkness or people are fucked up or women yeah. aren't like that you know but they are and they're having fucking fun so you actually just reminded me something I was thinking about the other day when I'm trying to think about the impact I want my channel to have and my, my podcast and everything to have. And I'm putting my friends up front on their blurb, telling their stories about having a gangbang, having an unexpected orgy, whatever. And I do it not for the spectacle. Yeah. Yes, it might have started that way, but I do it to show women sexually empowered and yeah. In, in such a way that makes other women feel, well, if she can do it, so can I. And I have seen that response in the people who have then shown up to the club and then said, oh my goodness, like, especially me, a girl came up to me and said, you know, I'm really, you know, uncomfortable in my body, my weight. And she's like, but then I see you and you can do it. So why not? And I'm like, it, it's just funny because I've been so comfortable in my body for a while now. I'm like, I'm chubby, really? Like, I, I kind of forgot. Like, awesome. yeah. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so great. Yeah, so it's nice to see that impact too. And so it's nice to hear from you specifically that it's a good to see these women represented, that yeah. they do exist, that they do enjoy sex, that we can get along and share men and not have a cat fight after. You know, it's really good to know that, that is making its way through. So that's great. Yeah, that's why now I don't like, thank God I have so many women emailing me that I could have like a woman on every Sunday, which I love. Um, and the stories never get old. And there's always another one. Like, the, like I said, the girl I'm airing today, tomorrow, this Wednesday. It's a little dark, but it's still a hilarious episode. But I just love the ones like you and your friend that you turned me on to. And mostly all the other women. That's so cool. I'm yeah. going to ask you um, two more questions and then we'll part. Yeah. But the next question is what have you learned in general about men? 
oh, like the stuff, there were certain kinks that I just never knew existed. I never knew the, I never knew there were so many guys that wanted to watch their girl get fucked to some, by somebody else. Right? Never knew. And let me tell you, I say this, it's very true. I always had some girlfriends in my life. I'm not just a guy's girl. I always had, had to have my girlfriends, but I always had a lot of guy friends too. I need guys to be friends with because I could really be myself with them. I'm super aggressive. So I always had guy friends that were very close to me and we would rap about sex openly. Not one of them ever fucking cocked to wearing pantyhose or wanting to watch their girl fucking guy, their girl fucking other guy or any of these things. I hear all these guys talking about I'm like, why? They wouldn't even tell me. I think a lot of guys keep it under wraps, but it is a very highly downloaded thing. So it is something that a lot of guys are effing into. And I never knew that. Well, I don't think when we were on the street, like every guy I told in the beginning when I was doing it, like, oh my God, I would be so jealous. I would be so jealous. And mm -hmm. I do ask that question to a lot of guys that are on my show. Sometimes it's not so set up and they just yeah. happen. And I say to them, like, if it was two minutes before it happened and I stopped that scene and said, what would you guess? is gonna happen here. Are you gonna be fucking jealous? Or are you gonna be turned on? And they'd be like, no, I would be uh, psychotically jealous. Yet yeah. it happens and they're psychotically turned on. Like how interesting is that, you know? Yeah. So okay. I think stuff like that is interesting to me. One of the things I've always been surprised by throughout my, throughout my life is when men confided in me that they like to suck dick here and there and, uh, or had a fantasy yeah. about it. And yeah. it's not like they go around and tell their friends this, you know? And so the fact that a lot of them would tell me individually, I'm like, wow, so many of them do. And even if it's not something that comes naturally right away, when they're in a, you know, a more sex positive environment where there isn't so much rigidity about who's touching who, whatever, sometimes new fantasies can, can emerge and people yeah. can change late in life. So I've seen it happen. And I just, if, you know, that's one of the things I've learned about men also is, you know, they're just as curious and they're just as human and sensitive as, uh, you know, the rest of us just looking to be accepted, invited and special. So, you know, I uh, it's nice to hear that as well. OK, yeah. my last question for you is, you know, you've done this podcast for seven years. You've talked to countless people. So if you were to describe your life to someone who has never heard of you and you're calling into some show to say, oh my goodness, I am this anonymous person that no, none of my, because I know that you're really closeted about this. Only yeah. a, a very, a small handful of people know yeah. who you actually are. So yeah. that's your secret life. You have a secret life, just like a lot of people on your end. And so yeah. if you were to call in and talk about what it's like to have a secret life, what is it like to have a secret life? You know, it really is. Someone pointed that out to me and I thought it was so interesting when I put a questions out to my uh, listeners for my 500 episodes. Someone says like, do you consider your podcast your secret life? And I was like, oh my God, that's so smart. Yeah, it is my secret life because it is a secret. It didn't start out that way. It turned out that way. And now at this point, uh, because I'm a mom, it's like, it's, it is, it's hard actually, you know, because I love what I do. Um, and it, takes up all my time. It's a 24 seven job. It's my career. It's what I do now. I don't have any other thing. This is what pays my bills. I do very well and I love it. And I can't tell people about it. And it's hard. Like recently I talked to a, a babysitter. I just had some young girl babysitting me for a couple of days. She's like, Oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, it's, it's so it, it winds up to be a real problem, you know, um, sometimes because how do you tell people what you do when you don't want to give up the whole story? And there is so much to me, there's a lot of explaining that has to go into it, unfortunately, because of the topic of the show. And I know how to title an episode to make people listen to it. 
right? Yeah. But I, there's so much backstory I have to give somebody that I don't tell people and it, it can be a problem sometimes. And I, I, I don't like that. But uh, my anonymity has become like a really interesting thing that works for my show. And at this point, I would only give that up uh, for a lot of money. <laughs> Good <laughs> you know, for like, you. It would have to be a really big thing because it works like this and it's just a problem yeah. sometimes, but it's my secret life that no one knows. A lot of people don't know. And uh, But if I had to out myself to become bigger and there was enough on the table for that and I knew that it would be really big and I could get my voice out there more and help more people, I would yeah. totally do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not ashamed of what I do. I love what I do. I think I'm absolutely helping people. I am as non-judgmental in my real life as I am on my show. Like this is really fucking who I am. I don't give a shit about sex. I never have taken it that seriously. So at the end of the day, I don't feel bad about my show. And that's not why I'm anonymous. It sort of happened that way by accident in the beginning, but I keep it that way now because people are still judgmental and they, you know, it's just, it, it, there needs a lot more years before people could like accept yeah. it the way I would need it. The good news is I'm pushing against that current every day. And I like to oh. say, I don't mind taking the shame stains because they can F right off. Um, hey, people like you are helping people like me. You know, it's, it's great. I have, my problem is I have a son to take into consideration and he's a ch young child, you know, and you're dealing with parents and moms. There's a lot of, it's like a lot of small talk. I live in a world yeah. of small talk and that's hard in situations like that, you know, but um, I know from my son, like he will know what his mother does for a living. I don't feel bad about it for my son. I think the only thing I'm going to do to him is make him like less dysfunctional because we're open about sex and it doesn't really fucking matter. So, you yeah, know, it's true. It's yeah. true. So I'm going to have to park the interview there, but I would love for you to let people know how they could be on your show if they've got something to talk about and then uh, yeah. shout out all your links. Yeah, please. I'm always looking for people to call into my show. I'm always putting a shout out because I always feel like you're never going to know where you're going to get the next great story, right? I'll have a million cheaters on my show. Everyone is different. Um, so if you have a naughty secret life or even an open life that you want to talk about, that's interesting. You could uh, email me strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. You could go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show, or you could DM me go follow me on Instagram or Twitter. It's at strict anonymous. And then what I love is I love my YouTube channel. YouTube is a great platform for my show, even though I don't show my face like you and it's just audio. I found a lot of people there and created an audience over there. And I love YouTube for the comments. I love talking about this kind of stuff, obviously. Yeah. So, and that's where I could get into conversations with people about the topics on my show. And I love that. And so you could always go over and make sure to subscribe to me on YouTube. So and, a good way uh, to connect with you is actually drop a decent comment, a thoughtful comment on one of your podcast episodes of YouTube. Even a judgy comment. Okay. okay. All right. Don't give it if you can't take it. I love a good debate. I don't, I like people with fucking opinions, even if it's opposite mine, but don't get mad when I come back and tell you you're fucking wrong. Let's talk about it. I love having debates and conversations about the stuff that I have on my show. So that's what I love about YouTube. So people could go just follow me there anyway, because you're going to be showing this on YouTube, right? That's a great, uh, I love YouTube. So follow me on YouTube too. Yeah. So I will be tagging the Strictly Anonymous podcast here on YouTube, as well as on my podcast channel and putting links um, to, uh, so we basically binge watch all of her content if you haven't seen all of it yet. So thank you so much to Kathy K from the Strictly Anonymous podcast. It has been super thrilling to have you here. 
Thank you. This was so much fun. You're a good interview. You asked some good questions. You asked good questions. <laughs> Thank you to uh, Cannabis giving me, getting me a little ready. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks. It was great chatting. Bye. Bye.